I would like to start the morning by reading together in Isaiah 9, 6. So if you want to find that on your devices, um, and if you are able, will you please stand? Okay. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. So out of the text this morning, we are going to look at the first two lines in that passage. For to us a, son, a child is born, and to us a son is given. This tells us that Jesus had to be born as a child to come to us, but he was also the pre-existing God that was given to us. If we read in John 3, 16 and 17, got a slide for that. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God loved the world so much that he sent his son to die for us. And today, in the third Sunday of Advent, we are celebrating that love. We are looking at three points today for that love, because there's a lot the Bible has to say about love. Probably why I had my notes scattered and couldn't get. But anyway, this is what we're going to look at. God's love is no respecter of persons. God's love is self-sacrificial. And God's love is eternal. Christmas is the celebration of the arrival of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So who is this Messiah? If you look all through the Bible, you will see genealogies. And genealogies in those days were the family resume. So we're going to look at the family resume, the genealogy of Jesus, from both Mary and Joseph's sides. We see it starts with Abraham and ends with Joseph, husband, the Mary, the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. But in between, we're going to see some pretty broken examples of humanity in this lineage of our Messiah. There's Tamar. Tamar is a Gentile who bore two sons out of incest. Rahab. Rahab is a Canaanite prostitute. Ruth is a Moabite. She is from a different race. And David, a king who committed adultery and murder. I think we could relate Gospel Tab family to some brokenness in a family, as we see God didn't leave this out of his family either. Even as we examine the lineage of Jesus Christ, there were broken people, but this was the sovereign choice of a sovereign God to come from this family line. Yet Jesus was, was without sin. And even in our lives, just like Jesus Christ, we are also born out of certain families. That was God's choice. A lot of times he uses the things that happen in our family to show us his faithfulness and his love. This is good news for every child of God, to show us that there is no past so shameful 
that God cannot make beautiful with his love. So we're going to look today at two encounters that Jesus has. And they're in John 3 and John 4. And one is Nicodemus, and one is a Samaritan woman. So we have Nicodemus, and he appears to have it all together. He's a Jewish, Jewish ruler. He, could have, he was highly educated. Uh, he was a member of the Sanhedrin, and he is in a serious religious community. And we find out that Nicodemus meets Jesus at night. So you see, it tells us that Nicodemus was drawn to Jesus by the miracles and signs he was doing. And you know that he's been watching Jesus because he starts out and he says, Rabbi, no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Interesting, Jesus doesn't say, you know what, Nicodemus, I am God. You know, he doesn't say that, but he totally answers him a different way. He says, very truly, I tell you that no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Nicodemus is like, how can this be? How can someone be born when they are old? He even goes on to say, he says, surely we cannot enter into second time into our mother's womb to be born. Nicodemus isn't getting it. This time, Jesus comes back and tries to explain it in another way that might even ring a bell in Nicodemus's mind. I mean, after all, Nicodemus is, has memorized all the Old, time, Old Testament scriptures. He would have heard this. He says, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Nicodemus, the kingdom of God is a spiritual order which you can can only be entered into by spiritual rebirth. You see, Gospel Tab family, Nicodemus was someone searching for truth, and Jesus meets him with the truth he needs to hear. Maybe Nicodemus is saying, I don't have all the answers. Maybe I need to go to this Jesus. There's something different about this man, Jesus, and there's something missing in my life. We have to tell Nicodemus just being religious isn't going to do it. Good intentions to please God are not enough. So then now let's look at the Samaritan woman who knows she does not have it all together. We know that she goes to the well in the heat of the day and she's alone. Back in those days, her community, the women would have gathered together and they would have gone to the well in the cooler hours of the day. So why did she come in the heat of the day? We come to find out that she is a woman of questionable character in her community, and she is in the midst of a life of sin. So in John 4, it starts, um, Now he, Jesus, had to go through Samaria. He was tired from his journey, and he sat down by a well. And then we find out that the Samaritan woman approaches him to draw water, and Jesus asks her for a drink. And she said, how can you ask me for a drink? I am a Samaritan, and you are a Jewish man. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, who is it that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So she goes on to tell him that she has nothing to draw from and the well is deep. But then she says, where can you get this living water? And he answers her. Everyone who drinks this water, meaning the well, will be thirsty again. 
but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give him will become in a spring of water welling up to eternal life. She said, sir, give me this water. We know that she goes and gets the townspeople and they come to see the man who told her everything she ever did. Jesus broke that barrier with his love in her sin and she was willing to tell the whole town, come see, and he loves me. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed because of the woman's testimony. Jesus knew everything she did and nothing separated her from his love. Um, the third encounter is going to be a testimony um, that I'm going to share with you this morning. Um, so I was saved at eight years old. And I remember when I got saved, it's like right away the Lord put on my heart the salvation of my father and his mother. And I didn't know how I was going to talk to my dad about this because we didn't talk about Jesus or anything really that deep. My dad was a great provider for our family, and I saw him really do good things, and I learned a lot from him. But I didn't see the peace of Jesus on him. I kept waiting for an opportunity to talk with him, but as years went by, I started to lose that hope for that conversation. So it was 2019, and my dad had been battling um, health issues that landed him in the hospital. And every day he was declining until the day I got a phone call from my mom that they couldn't do anything else for my dad and that we needed to have a discussion on how to best care for him. So I remember leaving work in Center Township and getting on 376. And all the way up 376, I started praying the promises of God over my dad's life. God, you wish no one shall perish, Lord. You came for my dad and died for him so that he could be with you, Lord. You will not forsake and leave my father. The list went on. And at the end, when I got to the hospital in Pittsburgh, I had peace that didn't make sense. The next week, we brought my father home to care for him in hospice. And every day after work, I would go to my parents after work. And this one day I was pulling in the driveway and my phone rang and it was my daughter. She lives in California and she says, Mom, did you talk to Nolan? That's my son. I said, no, why? But I see he's here. I go, why? What's going on? She goes, Mom, Nolan shared the gospel with Grandfather. And he accepted Jesus into his heart. These are tears of joy, Gospel Tap family. Because I didn't know how he was going to do it. And he is so faithful. Jesus met my dad with his love. And he is ready to meet you with that same love. Whether you are checking off all the moral obligation boxes, or you're just standing there in sin, his love came down for you. Um, can I have a musician come up, please? Based on these three people, I'm adding my dad into the Nicodemus and the Samaritan woman story. They all had different encounters with Jesus. And we are encouraged that nothing can separate us from the love of God. In Romans 8.38, it says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers... Neither height, nor death, nor anything else in creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can the worst circumstances separate us from the love of God? No. Can someone's past, present, and future separate them from the love of God? No. In the midst of the worst circumstances, we emerge more than conquers with God's love. We just don't get by. We overwhelmingly conquer. Looking at these encounters with Jesus, he meets us at night or in the middle of the day. For John 3.17 said, For God did not send his Son to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We are looking at Jesus and seeing his love for us. He didn't come to bring condemnation into the world, but redemption, to release people from bondage. He didn't come to condemn. He came to bring new creation, transformation, born again, new life. He didn't come to bring condemnation. He came to adopt us. That's our primary identity as a son or daughter of a God with all the divine rights of sonship. He didn't come to condemn you, but to justify you. You are judicially accepted by God. Not condemnation, but union in Christ. God's love is sacrificial. You can see the love of Jesus for us all, and he came in that love. Love came down for the lost one. Love came down and turned the tables of religious institutions that wanted to say who was in and who was out. Love came down in humility. Love came down and became nothing. Love came down and died on a cross. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. God gave us this gift, and it's at Christmas time we celebrate this. God's love is no respecter of persons. You see that in the Samaritan woman and just all of the lineage of Jesus. God's love is self-sacrificial. He would lay down his life. And God's love is eternal. Can you receive this gift of God, God's love? Maybe some of us are sitting there this morning and we're saying to ourselves, we've checked all the boxes. But I don't know if I have that love in my heart. Or maybe some of us said, God's love is not for me because I fill in the blank. We see that's not true, Gospel Tab family. He came for us all and he loves us.